Broadcasting live worldwide. Good evening and welcome to Graffiti Messiah. I'm your host, Gil Burgos, and tonight is November 17, 2022. Hair white snow and his eyes full of fire. Amen. That's Paul Wilbur with Mighty and Glorious. Wonderful song. 
Hallelujah. Okay, tonight we have an interesting study. As always, we're going to be discussing, uh, I like this topic that I picked up here from Got Questions, and it's a, a question that most people ask, most Christians, Messianic Jews, they always ask these questions, and that question is basically this. Why do most Jews reject Jesus as the Messiah? Why do they do that? There's a reason for everything in this life, and there is a reason for this one as well. This question has to be answered because, again, many people do ask it, I guess, maybe tons of times every day. People come across Jews and they just say, how come they make it so difficult for us to minister to them? Don't they get it? Well, the Bible says that they have a veil over their eyes and until the fullness of the Gentiles come in, as the Bible says in Romans, there is a harding, a partial, partial blindness that they have accrued and a hardening of the heart as well until God says it's time to open up their eyes. And I guess he's waiting for a specific time and God knows best when he's going to allow them to uh, see what we see and understand what we understand. So we just got to keep praying for them and be patient that that time will be soon. But let's get let's tackle this question. And that again is why do most Jews reject Yeshua or Jesus as the Messiah? Well, according to this article, it says this. It's pretty cut and dry. It says the Jews rejected Jesus because he failed in their eyes to do what they expected their Messiah to do. And that is destroy evil and all their enemies and establish an eternal kingdom with Israel as a preeminent nation in the world. The prophecies of Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 describe a suffering Messiah who would be persecuted and killed, but the Jews chose to focus instead on those prophecies that discuss his glorious victories, not his crucifixion. The commentaries in the Talmud written before the onset of Christianity clearly discussed the Messianic prophecies of Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 and puzzle over how these would be fulfilled with the glorious setting of the kingdom of the Messiah. After the church used these three prophecies, I'm sorry, after the church used these prophecies to prove the claims of Christ, the Jews took the position that the prophecies did not refer to the Messiah, but to Israel or some other person. So in other words, when they read the book of Isaiah, they are not personifying it. They are looking at it as a nation. When you read it carefully and you read it uh, clearly, Little by little, you'll get the understanding that it's not talking about a nation. It is talking about a person. But unfortunately, the Talmud doesn't uh, uh, describe that. The Talmud gives us another explanation, which is not of God, is not of the Spirit. It is basically man-made uh, literature, man-made writings, and it's not, uh, I call it the oral law, but it's not Scripture. Only the Bible could... Uh, prove what we read in Isaiah 53. The Bible will prove itself when you see other commentaries, as again, as I mentioned, the Talmud, they try to contradict what is really uh, written in the Word. When you read Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22, and if you have no other commentaries and but the spirits to guide you, you will see what the Bible is teaching. It is not a nation as they proclaim because they have no understanding and they think, well, it can't be. So when they walk into this passage in this text where they're pretty much their mind made up, there's really much not, you can't really do much. 
if you already decided before you read something that is not true. So that means when you read it, you already have been, your eyes are closed and you're closed-minded. So why are you reading it if you don't really believe it? And that's the approach they take. Since they've been poisoned, their minds are poisoned, they don't again believe it. So they're reading it with a closed mind and a closed heart. So that when they do read it, that's the problem. But again, when we read scripture with an open heart, open mind, and by the Spirit, it be becomes real and it makes sense. You know, the Bible says that these, some things in the Word are not understandable, but they all are spiritually discerned. You can't understand it with the natural man. That's why people from the world, when they do read the Word, they don't understand it. So them, it's just literature. They can't understand it. It's, it makes sense. And then eventually, as the Spirit comes into them, they accept the Lord as their Savior. Then the light goes on. The candle goes on, they say. And then everything seems to make sense. But prior to that, it doesn't make sense. So them is like, no, this can't be. How can this be? It doesn't make sense. Anyway, the article further on goes on to say that Jews believe that the Messiah, the prophet which Moses spoke about, would come and deliver them from Roman bondage and set up a kingdom where they would be, uh, where they would be the rulers. Two of the disciples, James and John, even asked to sit with Jesus' right hand and left in his kingdom when he came into his glory. The people of Jerusalem also thought he would deliver them. They shouted praises to God for the mighty works they had seen Jesus do and called out, quote, Hosanna, save us, when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. You see this in Matthew 21, 9. They treated him as a conquering king. Then when he allowed himself to be arrested, tried, and crucified on a cross, the people stopped believing that he was a promised prophet. They rejected their Messiah. And you see that in Matthew 27, 22, as it says, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who was called Christ? And they said, Let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. So as we read here, the text also confirms that, here's another one, Matthew 2, 19, and I went by, let me read it. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were saying again, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So when they saw Yeshua, Jesus coming into Jerusalem, they said, here it is. Here he comes. The answer to our prayers. And now we're going to take over uh, Roman government, Roman soldiers, Pilate, all these laws that the, these Roman people are putting on us. We're going to do away with them because now the Messiah has come and he's going to take care of this. And, and they're going to be history. They're going to be burnt toast, so to speak. And that's what they wanted. And fortunately, since it didn't turn out like that, that's when they said, wait a minute, then this can't be the Messiah. Little did they know that in the book of Revelation, when Jesus comes back, that's how he's coming back as a ruling uh, ruler or the, the king of kings or the Lord of Lords as he comes back, a conqueror. But when he first came initially, it was not to do that. And if you really know the Lord and you know his purpose, he came to die for the sins of mankind. His time to do that, what they wanted to him to do, again, he has always said, my time has not come yet. When he, you know, everything has a purpose and a plan and a time. And the people always, always wanted to get ahead of him and say, do this. And we want you to do this. And we want you to do that. But the Yeshua said, no, 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 it's not my time. You, you, you're not understanding my purpose and my mission here. If you do, 
then you wouldn't be putting all this pressure for me to do things. And even many places he tried to escape the crowds because they wanted to make him king. That would be rebelling against the government. That what he did not want to do. You see, they had a they had a government. They had a, a king. They had a rulership. He didn't come to overtake that at that point. See, that's what they wanted him to do. Since he didn't do that again, then they said, "Well, then this can't be the Messiah." Modern Jewry believes the same way. They say, "Well, when he came, he didn't do much. He didn't do what he we anticipated that he would do." And they had the same mindset. The mindset is the same. They figure, well, if he was a Messiah, then if he was a Mashiach, as the Moses, the prophets spoke about, then why didn't he just come and deliver us from this bondage and set up a kingdom here? And then we'll be the rulers here. And again, since it didn't work out that way, and even till today, it doesn't you know, make sense. They said, well, then if he, if he was a Messiah, then he would have did what we wanted him to do. And since it didn't turn out, like they wanted to back then, and then today it still has not, it's not like that. They say, well, then if he didn't do that, then he's not the Messiah because the Messiah is supposed to do that. But again, they haven't read the whole Bible. And when you read the New Testament in its entirety, when you go to the book of, at the end, the Revelation, it does speak about a conquering Jesus coming back to deliver his people. But it does not come when man wants it. And his time when he comes, he's going to come, as the Bible says, on his white horse and fire in his eyes. And he's going to come back and take control of everything that needs to be controlled. But until then, he's just waiting for us to do our part. And as I was mentioning earlier, it says until the fullness of the Gentiles come in, there's a, a partial blindness upon Israel. And they're not saved yet until they come to a full knowledge of him. And unfortunately, even today, they still reject the Messiah because it doesn't make sense. Man, I just don't get it. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we're going to continue where we left off. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And now your host. All right, we're back. That's Paul Wilbur. Nobody like you. All right, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Gil Burgos, and this is Grafted in Messiah, and we're talking about why do most Jews reject Jesus as the Messiah? Why do most Jews reject Jesus as the Messiah? All right, so we're going to pick up where we left off, and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be speaking about is basically... Uh, in that regard, and then this part here is reiterating what I just had just spoke about just a few minutes ago. And as it says here, note that Paul tells the church that the spiritual blindness of Israel is a mystery that had not previously been revealed, as we see in Romans chapter 9 through 11. And for thousands of years, Israel had been one nation that looked to God while the Gentile nations generally rejected the light and chose to live in spiritual darkness. Israel and her inspired prophets reveal monotheism, one God who was personally interested in mankind's destiny of heaven or hell. The path to salvation, the written word with the Ten Commandments, yet Israel rejected their prophesied Messiah and the promises of the kingdom of heaven were postponed. A veil of spiritual blindness fell upon the eyes of the Jews who previously were the most spiritually discerning people. As Paul explained, this hardening of the part of Israel led to the blessing of the Gentiles who would believe in Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. Now, I had just mentioned the same thing earlier about, uh, about Romans chapter 9 through 11. And I was been actually I've been listening to that and reading a lot about that. And I've been just doing a lot of research about 9 through 11 of Romans. And it makes a whole lot of sense when you look upon what's going on today, and you say, my goodness, and I see the same thing, I see the blindness, I see the, the, the I don't know, the ignorance of, of the what the Word says, and everything that's so clear, I just see them not understanding that, and then again, when we read the Word, it makes sense why they're not accepting Yeshua as Lord. It says here also, 2,000 years after he came to the nation, speaking of Yeshua of Israel as their Messiah, Jesus is still for the most part, rejected by the Jews. Many Jews today, some say at, at least half of all living Jews, identify themselves as Jewish but prefer to uh, remain secular. And I was just listening on the radio not just 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 a few uh, minutes ago that it was saying 98% of Jews reject Jesus as, a, as the Messiah. And these are Ashkenazis and Sephardis as well. But the 98% of them don't accept him as the Savior. But even secular people in Israel, they're secular. And just because they're secular doesn't make them uh, saved, so to speak, because they were born in Israel. You could be born anywhere. It doesn't make you saved. You know, Nicodemus was born in Israel. Nicodemus was a, a teacher. Nicodemus was a Jew. Yet the Bible says, Yeshua says, you have to be born again. It doesn't make you saved just because you're born, even of uh, Jewish parents. You have to be born of the Spirit. What spirit is spirit wasn't what is that's what Jesus said. What spirit is spirit? Read John chapter three again, and it makes more sense to people if they read that, especially people of the Jewish faith. Will they read it? Probably not. Maybe you should read it to them, and then maybe they'll get a little bit of a taste of what the gospel is proclaiming. Uh, let me continue. It says uh, they identify with no particular Jewish movement. That's the, the secular Jews in Israel. 
and uh, have no understanding or affiliation with any Jewish biblical roots. And some of them, they don't follow Torah, they don't follow the commandments, they don't follow anything religious, they're not doing what people think they should be doing, and they don't eat kosher, they don't do much, but just live their life. And that's it. If you go to Tel Aviv, it's probably one of the worldliest places in Israel. If you go there, you'll say, wow, am I in Israel? People here do these things? Yeah. In Israel, yeah, they got the good and the bad. You got the people who are religious and non-religious, and that's just how it goes. It's good and bad everywhere in this world. So just because somebody's in Israel doesn't mean they're uh, following the commandments of Yahweh. And again, and again, it says the concept of Messiah, as expressed in the Hebrew Scriptures or Judaism, uh, quote unquote, thirteen principles of faith is foreign to most Jews today. But one concept is generally held as universal law. Jews must have nothing to do with Jesus. Most Jews today perceive the last 2,000 years of historical Jewish persecution to be the hands of so-called Christians. So in other words, they blame Christianity for all their persecution, including the Holocaust. They say it's Christians' fault. It's, it's, yeah, it's Hitler, but Hitler was uh, partially Jewish because he knew Catholic people with his pictures of him shaking hands with the Pope and blah, blah, blah. So they figure he's affiliated with Christianity and, and they think, well, then Christianity was, has something to do with it. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. And that's what the enemy wants people to think. That is not true. Christians did not have anything apart with the Holocaust and Auschwitz, none but a lie from the enemy. From the Crusades to the Inquisition, to the pogroms in Europe, to Hitler's Holocaust, here we go. Jews ultimately believe that they are being held responsible for the death of Jesus Christ and are being persecuted for that reason. They therefore reject him today. And they say, well, we're, since we're rejecting Jesus, you guys are paying payback. It's, it's just really controversial and it's just really messy, if you ask me. It doesn't really you know, hit home. And, and, and the people are just angry and they're holding grudges and they're not letting go of stuff that happened such a long time ago. It's time to move on. Like they say, and stop dwelling on the past and look for the savior of the world. It doesn't make sense to you, maybe, because you're not allowing it to make sense to you. You're reading, you don't want to read it, you're believing what your rabbi told you, you're believing what tradition has told you, and you're going on and on year after year, and you're still empty. You're still not feeling the presence of the Lord. You're doing what you think you're supposed to do, but it's not the same. Once you get born of, the, of above, then you'll begin to feel the real Yeshua, the Messiah, you feel the presence of the King. But until then, it's all real ritualistic and it's just going through the motions and after a while, it gets blah, blah, and it gets dull. And everything that's dull does not really live. The good news is that many Jews are turning to Christ today. That is the good news, believe it or not. The God of Israel has always been faithful to keep a remnant of believing Jews to himself that we see in Israel. People are coming to the Lord in drastic numbers. Not like it once was before 50 years ago. Now we see more people coming to the faith. And that's good news. Now, let me finish up these final thoughts in this article. It says, the God of Israel has always been faithful to keep a remnant, as I said, of believing Jews to himself. And in the U.S. states, United States alone, some estimates say that there were 100,000 Jewish believers in Jesus. And the numbers are all growing all the time. That's good news. So that means somebody's doing their job over there. I don't know who it is, but they're sharing the word and they're getting the word out that Yeshua is the Messiah. Amen and amen. 
Well, um, I hope you understood what I was saying. I hope you understood the context, the, uh, the, the words, the scriptures, and everything here that I proclaim. And I pray that the mighty God of Israel will open up your heart and mind so you accept his only begotten son who died for you, rose from the dead, and lives today. And wants you to come to the kingdom. You have to open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your spirit. And believe who he said he was. Stop believing what the lies of the enemy has told you. Stop believing what your rabbis have told you. Stop believing what tradition has told you. Stop believing what your own faith has told you. And believe what God has said in his word. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to finish up right about now with, with the song of Ezekiel. If we can load this here. There we go, with Paul Wilbur. People, we're out of time. Thank you for listening. 
for more information on Rafa the Messiah, visit us on the web at www.rafaimessiah.org.